Hello friends and people that are listening to this video. Today's video is a special video. Today's video is the 200th True Story Collection. This does not count any sort of compilation or creepypastas as they are not true stories. That makes this the 200th True Story Collection. And as such, I thought I would create a true subscriber-submitted stories since I'd gotten a bit of an influx of stories submitted by you lovely people. So, if you have a story you want to see in a future video, please do send it my way. Go to AsTheRavenDreams.com submit or check the links down below. And yeah, thank you to everyone who sent in their story. Thank you to anyone who sent in their story and waited for me to get this video together. And thank you to everyone who watches. I hope y'all enjoy. This is my true story of an unbelievably weird encounter with a man who grossed me out and forever changed my outlook of humanity. It was the year 2015, and I had just bounced back from giving birth to my only child. I was feeling good and felt sexy again after losing 50 pounds due to my pregnancy and the nine months of suffering. And I woke up one morning and thought, I want a mommy free day, and proceeded to get all fancy with some makeup and a cute outfit. This was a huge mistake, and I should have just stayed home in sweatpants and an old t-shirt. I was not at all prepared for what was about to come my way on this mommy free day. I do mean nothing, or nobody could have prepared me. As I stepped outside on a nice, sunny, and hot day, I felt free of responsibility and just wanted to go shopping around town. So I did. And I had a wonderful time until I remembered that I needed some diapers from Walmart before heading home. Oh, how I wish I had just let my baby go without just this one time. As I strutted into Walmart with my newfound confidence after giving birth, I saw a greasy-haired, disheveled man at the front door looking at me, but I gave it no mind. And I thought maybe he was looking at me because I had a glow about me that day. Anyone who's ever given birth knows this newfound confidence, so don't judge me. However, this was my downfall. As I pushed my cart... I soon was lost in the magical land of Wally World, being distracted at every shelf. Because I was distracted, I did not notice that same man at the front door following me until it was much too late. After a little bit of time, I did finally notice that this creepy man was bumping into me in every aisle. So... I decided to make a few unwanted turns down aisles and would stop pretending to look at things, just so I could give him the side-eye and see what his agenda was. I kid you not, every time I stopped, he would stop about ten feet away, and he too would pretend to look at some miscellaneous product. I thought to myself, I'm just freaking myself out and then proceeded to an aisle to grab my favorite cereal. Well, who do you think followed? The creep, 
who then also picked up a box of cereal. However, this time he was close enough for me to hear him say vulgar words and making creepy breathing sounds. What I could make out over his creepy breathing was him saying, She is so sexy, and I want to smell her. Cue me getting freaked out while jumping out of my skin. So I told myself that I needed to get the hell out of there and rushed to the diaper aisle to grab my son's diapers. However, on the way to the cashier, I remembered the dreaded peanut butter my husband asked me to grab. So, against my better judgment, I turned around to the peanut butter aisle passing by the creep carrying his box of cereal and still following me. I remember chanting in my head that Everything is okay, Natalie. Everything is okay. I was practically running at this point in a rush to get the peanut butter. As I looked for the brand of peanut butter my husband likes, the creep reached below me and grabbed a huge jar of peanut butter. I remember holding my breath, thinking, This is the end. I'm going to be murdered right here at freaking Walmart. As I stood there, not daring to turn around and face him, as he was literally inches away. I then felt the hot breath of this man on my neck as he started sniffing me. I literally froze. Not even a natural disaster could have made me move. I was paralyzed with fear and disgust as his nasty breath then proceeded to blow on my neck in deliberate sucking and blowing motions. At the same time, I heard him ripping the protective paper on the open jar of peanut butter that he was holding and thought, what the hell is he doing? I thought to myself to not trigger this man with any negative reaction, so I played it off as I continued to look at the peanut butter. Like a shiny object, my eyes found the peanut butter my husband wanted and grabbed it and turned around to see this man holding the box of cereal down by his crotch with the peanut butter immersed in his exposed self. Realizing he was making swift jerking motions with the jar, I knew exactly what he was doing. In shock, I stood there trying to figure out if I was seeing this correctly. Then, I looked at him as he stared into my eyes with a big grin on his face, all the while licking his lips in a disgusting manner. This literally happened within about a minute or so. Before I could even move, I felt the cereal box hit my forearm as he was jerking himself in the peanut butter jar. I finally snapped out of it and screamed. I ran like I have never run before, leaving my cart behind. As I was running, my mind could not comprehend if what I had just witnessed was not a figment of my imagination or a bad dream, I ran straight to the security officer at the front entrance, freaking out, and shouted what had just happened to me. They brought me into the little office at the front of the store as they tried to locate and apprehend him. As I was waiting, the police were called, and the show started to find this creepy pervert. I remember as I repeated my story to the police... They had me repeat what I was telling them in disbelief. They even asked me if I was sure that 
He had had his junk in the peanut putter three different times as I sat there in shock. However, in all of this chaos, the guy had escaped out of the tire center, leaving the opened peanut jar and the cereal on the floor. When the police gathered the evidence from the aisle, they stopped doubting me. What with the proof of the indentation inside the peanut butter jar. They then pulled up the store video and watched in horror as the events went down. They saw him following me for about 30 minutes before I even noticed. After I ran away, the guy ran out of the store as he was fixing his pants. He did get a little karmic justice, however, because as he was running, he tripped and busted his ass hard. I was stuck in that little room with the police for two hours as they figured out where this guy ran off to. Then they walked me to my car after getting my information, in case they found him, and I would have to testify against him. However, I never heard back, other than them telling me they still hadn't found this creep. So yeah, that is my creepy encounter with the perverted Walmart stalker. I hope you enjoyed, because this gave me PTSD having to recount my experience. Back when I was a tween, my middle school best friend Jay and I traveled with my mom to the Blue Ridge Mountains in Georgia. We rented out a whole cabin in the middle of the woods for several days. We were so excited. My mom had gotten it for quite a bargain, so we were surprised to see that this place had everything. Two floors, a hot tub, a fireplace, two decks, and more. The route there was a long, winding, forested back road that ended in the middle of nowhere, thick in the forest. We had no cell service until we got to the house. I joked that it was just like the beginning of a horror movie. How right I was. Jay and I were sharing a bed on the top floor, and my mom was staying below us. She goes to sleep pretty early, so... By about 9.30pm, she was out. Jay and I stayed up late to play video games upstairs. After a while, Jay began to feel sick to her stomach. She went downstairs and laid down on the couch, and she immediately felt better. She noticed that she only felt sick when she was on the top floor. I didn't really think anything of it, to be honest. I'm not sure why it didn't weird me out a little more. Jay decided that she would be sleeping downstairs for the rest of our trip, and grabbed her blankets and pillows to head down to the couch. I stayed upstairs, as the bed was comfy and there was a bathroom in the room. The following day, we went out and did some touristy things. When we came back that evening... Jay wanted to get the rest of her things to bring downstairs, as she had only grabbed the bare essentials the night before. She'd brought a lot of stuff, so it took her quite a few trips back and forth up and down the stairs. Every time she reached the second floor landing, she would knock on the door three times to warn me she was coming in. I was on FaceTime with a friend of ours, playing video games, and I heard the routine three raps on the door. I said, come in, 
she didn't come in. I repeated, come in. She still didn't come in. I yelled out, I said you can come in. What I heard next chilled me to the bone. She shouted to me from the couch, I'm not up there. I opened the door and, sure enough, she wasn't. We exchanged confused looks but didn't pay it much mind, and I went back inside the room to continue gaming with our mutual friend. I figured maybe I didn't hear knocking after all. All of a sudden, the bathroom door inside the room shut. Hard. There was no wind, no ceiling fan, no animal, no force that could have caused it. As soon as it shut... The door started rattling and it sounded like someone was on the other side pounding on the door and jiggling the knob. This obviously freaked me out, so I grabbed my stuff and I ran downstairs to be with Jay, safe on the couch. The door shut by itself behind me as I left. As I'm sitting with Jay, attempting to explain what had just happened... We heard a sound from the upstairs room like someone had just hurled a bunch of textbooks onto the floor, or something. Nothing else happened during our stay at this place, but you better believe that I got all of my stuff from that room the next day, and spent the remaining nights on the couch downstairs. My mom still doesn't believe us, to this day, because she never heard anything. That woman could seriously sleep through a tornado so the fact that she didn't hear anything meant absolutely nothing, and I still don't know what happened up there. Before I start, I want you to ask yourself a question. What is the earliest memory you remember? I imagine for most... It would be some event from early childhood, perhaps a general memory of an ordinary day. My brother is one of a few people who vaguely remember their birth. Just the thought of it is crazy. A memory so close to the beginning of your life. Anyway, for me, it's a bit different. I also remember some kind of beginning, only it wasn't my birth. This is the second glitch in the matrix that I've posted here, and the first I ever experienced. Not only that, it's also the earliest memory that I have. I've got some time on my hands right now, so I can share it properly since this one is a bit more philosophical in nature. To begin with, you have to know that I was a strange child. Since a very early age... I had some deep existential thoughts. For example, I remember watching Back to the Future 2 with family. It was pretty late, and I had trouble following the story. I remember it was that scene where Marty tries to take the almanac from Biff while Biff is driving the car. For some reason, I thought that Biff is actually Marty from the future. I thought about how crazy it would be to meet yourself from the future only to find out that your future version is rotten to the core. How time can change people, and how different we can become through time. 
themes I would see years later in complex shows like Netflix's Dark. Not exactly thoughts a typical seven-year-old would have, but I'm getting off track. The point is, since I was a child, I would spend a lot of time seriously thinking. Knowing that, let's explore my earliest memory. I was about five or six years old. I slowly woke up and suddenly I was thinking, who am I? Why am I here? What is my life and when did it all begin? Questions I knew answers to, yet I asked them in my head anyways. I opened my eyes and it felt like I was opening them for the first time. I looked around the room. I saw my brother in the bed next to mine. I saw the desk and lamp between the beds. I saw the TV in front of me. I heard a woman in the kitchen and I knew it was my mother. That's the thing. I knew this room. I knew this place and I knew it was my family and yet it felt off. Like those memories were just implanted. Like I was just put there. Instead of knowledge I learned over time, it felt like it was knowledge that was given to me at that moment. I was confused. Why does everything feel so weird to me today? It was my life. I knew it was my life, so why does everything feel so different? Feel so new? And this is when one of those deep thoughts hit me. What if this is my beginning? Like in a movie or a video game. What if this is a story and everything starts now? Even back then, I knew it was ridiculous. I wanted to deny it and so I decided to remember some specific event, some specific memory. But there was nothing. I remembered nothing. I knew my room, my family... I knew their personality, but I didn't have a memory of any conversation, any interaction. I was angry at myself. Maybe if I paid more attention, maybe if I decided to remember, or maybe there really was nothing to remember. Maybe that's how my story starts. That's why I decided to remember this event. I looked around one more time, and I swore to myself that I would not forget this moment. I will remember, and I did remember to this day. That's how and why I know this is my earliest memory. In the end, I don't know what it all meant. Maybe it was just a strange rush of weird thoughts of a strange child, inspired by the way that fiction is written. Maybe I couldn't recall any memories back then because I was young and I wasn't paying attention. Or maybe for me, it was the beginning my beginning. My father says that everyone is trapped in their own matrix. Maybe that was the beginning of mine. Or maybe my matrix was glitching. <laughs> the question is, was it the matrix that was glitching? Or me? This is one of the strangest and most unsettling things that has ever happened to me. When I was in high school, I lived with my mom in a house that was built in the 50s. The plumbing was screwed up, 
and there were critters in the crawl space and bugs in every nook and cranny, among all sorts of other problems that the landlady hadn't bothered to disclose. I always got weird vibes from the place, but it never occurred to me that it might be because of something paranormal. One night, after living there for about two years, I was hanging out with a couple of my best friends in my room. We'll call them M and N. I don't remember what we were talking about, but somehow we got on to the topic of whether my house was haunted. I laughed, because I thought there was just no way that could be the case. I'd never experienced anything outright ghostly, despite the lingering uneasiness I often felt when I was home alone, which is quite often for a kid living with a single mom who has a full-time job. M mentioned that, for as long as she could remember until about the beginning of our junior year, she'd been seeing a man in our spare bedroom. Our spare room was located next to the bathroom, which meant my friends and I passed it pretty often. And there was nothing in there, other than a bare futon and a bunch of boxes of crap. Anyways, I obviously freaked out when M said she had seen a man in my house. As I said, I lived alone with my mom. There is no reason a man should ever have been in my house without me knowing it. She said she didn't see him anymore, and never said anything to me so as to not scare me. I was upset with her, since this ghostly man thing obviously could have been dangerous, but she said she was never concerned about him. She's always been sensitive, as they say. She can sense energies and see things that other people can't. She described him as sad said he would sort of just linger inside the room and look miserable. Meanwhile, N's eyes widened as he listened to M. He said he had seen something too, and it sounded very similar to what she was describing. I asked them what the man had looked like. After exchanging spooked glances, M told me the man resembled the Babadook, and nodded in agreement. If you've never seen the Babadook, which you probably have, but otherwise spoiler warning. It's a horror movie about a monster that comes straight out of a children's book and possesses the child's mother. It's one of my favorite horror movies, mostly because the monster is uniquely terrifying. It's so unnatural and disturbing. So you can imagine my terror when they described this mystery ghost man who had apparently been in my freaking house without me ever seeing him as a creature out of that nightmarish movie. Despite them swearing up and down that they hadn't seen him in quite a while, it didn't make me feel any more secure living there. They're some of my closest friends and would never lie to me about something like this. This was something they had never mentioned to one another, so for them to say they had seen the same ghostly figure numerous times was horrifying. The idea that I lived in an apparently haunted house for several years scares the crap out of me. Oh my, I've had a lot of crazy experiences. 
My parents grew up in the Philippines, and my dad says we've had lots of witch doctors in our family. Long story short, the third eye has been passed down through our family for generations, and he has lots of crazy stories about things he's experienced and seen, but since he and my mom moved to Australia, he thinks he's either lost his third eye, or there's just nothing there. But it turns out I inherited it when I was born here. So, at the start of 2019, I had a casual job in a cafe, and I come home in the middle of the day. My bedroom is at the very back of the house, so I walk through the whole house and no one is ever home. So I let my dog in, and we head over to my room and I decide to do some cleaning. We don't have round doorknobs that twist in my house. Our doors have those horizontal handles that you grab and push down. I was going to take out a bag of rubbish, and I reached for the handle, and it violently started moving. Like, someone had grabbed the other side of it and started pushing on it. And then bang, bang, bang. I immediately launched forward, and slammed the door shut and locked it. It was such a strong, violent presence that my first thought was, someone is in the house and trying to rob me. I stood still trying to listen out if I could hear any movement, but there was nothing. My dog is a smart dog, too. If there were intruders in the house, he would have been barking and jumping at the door, but he was all fine and dandy. I messaged my family chat asking if anyone was home, but it was the middle of the day and they all said they were at work. A few nights later, I wake up to the sound of my dog aggressively growling. My dog is a little Jack Russell cross poodle, and he's a very friendly, docile boy. I have never heard him or any domestic animal for that fact growl so deep in his belly. This dude was proper mad. His stance was wide, his head was low, tail tucked between his legs, and his eyes were fixated on the corner of my room and he was so still, and and he was so angry. I have never seen him like this before. At first, I was scared, but then I got mad, and I looked to where my dog was looking, as if I knew where exactly his entity was, and I pointed my finger and said, You can try to haunt me, but you leave my freaking dog alone. I was so mad. I felt the energy shift in the room and my dog's eyes start following something across the room to the other side of my bed. I couldn't see it, but somehow, I knew I was looking right at it, and it just felt like a standoff and whatever it was left for the night. I decided to tell my family what's been happening at dinner one night, and my mom went pale. Her eyes widened and her jaw dropped and I knew that it had been happening to her, too. My mom is super skeptical about spirits and ghosts. She always has a logical explanation for everything, but even she opened up about things that have been happening to her during the same time. This carried on for a bit, but I finally decided to sage the house and ask whatever it was to leave. I don't care if people believe me or not, but I know what I saw, and it was freaking crazy. 
When the U.S. government recently confirmed the existence of UFOs, it made me think of this experience. A year or two ago, while living in our previous apartment, my boyfriend and I were sitting out on the balcony having a smoke late one night. When I say late, I mean like 2 a.m. We're night owls. That night, we saw something that we believe to be a UFO. Regardless of whether that's true, we have no other explanation for it. I'll need to briefly describe the layout of our complex. Our balcony overlooked a parking lot, which had another building about 100 feet from us, directly facing our balcony. The other building's balconies did not face our building, so we were facing its bare outer wall. While enjoying the peaceful night, I happened to glance up at the sky. I saw something blinking red and green, and I thought nothing of it because, here in the 21st century, there's lots of aircrafts that blink red and green in the sky. Whatever this thing was, it was flying way above our heads. By all means, it should have been an airplane or something, because this thing was far above us in the distant sky. Anyways, I went back to talking with my boyfriend and looked away from the thing in the sky. When I say that I looked back out within the space of one minute, I mean that it literally could not have been any longer. But what I saw, the thing that had been hovering above us in the air was now slowly drifting down in the sky. It still wasn't all that close to us, but it registered in my mind that it didn't seem right. It wasn't plummeting down to Earth or making a landing, so what was happening? As I watched, my fascination quickly turned to horror as I realized that this thing was now hovering like 30 feet in the air in the freaking parking lot. Yes, in our parking lot between the two buildings. That's how I knew I wasn't insane. I could see that it was floating in front of the other building. I quietly got my boyfriend's attention, and he went quiet when he saw what was happening. This thing was about the size of a sedan or so, and it was shaped sort of like a pill capsule. It did not have any clear equipment that would allow it to hover or even fly. Yet, somehow, here it was, hovering noiselessly about 50 feet from us in our parking lot. Everything I just described tells me that this thing was not a drone or any sort of aircraft that we currently have the technology to build. We felt like it was watching us, silently hovering, lights occasionally blinking. It was absolutely surreal. We got a little bit freaked out for obvious reasons, so we quickly slipped inside. The thing remained there, even after we went inside, so we drew the blinds and went into our room away from the sliding glass door. What else could we have done? If we had gone outside, we would have been out there with it. When I finally got a moment to process, I had so many questions. How had it traveled so quickly into our parking lot from so far above? Why did it choose our parking lot? Was it watching us? I'm not sure if I'll ever learn the answers. 
This is my first time posting a story to anyone. I've had several glitches over the years that I just can't explain. However, this one just happened to me, so it's fresh in my mind. I live in New Mexico, and I love to thrift shop. This particular Saturday, I told my hubby that I was going to check out the Goodwill by our house to see if they had gotten anything new. He stayed home to barbecue. I got in my truck and headed out to the Goodwill. Traffic was really minimal, which was odd for a Saturday. I was stopped at the red light with one other car. I'm in the left lane. The other car was to my right. The turning lanes were both empty. Behind me, while still at the light, was a few approaching vehicles. The right lane had a maroon car and a silver SUV pull up, and directly behind me drove up an ambulance. What caught my attention, to looking in my rearview mirror to begin with, was flashing lights. But when I looked behind me, the lights were not on. However, the entire ambulance had some type of shimmer to it. I've never seen that before. I instantly remembered that the direction I was heading towards was doing construction, and I thought, crap, it's one lane each direction for a mile. What do I do if the ambulance behind me gets an emergency? How would I move out of its way? So, I know for a fact that I had an ambulance behind me. The light turned green, and I proceeded through the light only to glance back and see the ambulance still behind me was now pulling a bit behind a ways. It happened in a literal blink of the eye. I look in the rearview mirror, ambulance is there. I glance back to the road and then back up at the mirror, and now the ambulance is gone. And it's an Aaron's furniture rental box truck right on top of me tailgating. Same body style and size, but has big logos on the hood and the top cab of the box. Different lights, too. That ambulance was just gone. In the few seconds of driving with minimal cars on the road and no turnoffs, the ambulance became an Aaron's rental truck. I was freaked out. Relief came over me when I realized that now I didn't have to worry about the ambulance behind me in the construction zone, but I was seriously questioning reality. I know it was an ambulance. It had the grill and the lights. It had no time to disappear or turn and no other vehicles got in front of it. The errands truck simply became what was the shimmering ambulance. It was weird. I explained it to my hubby when I got home and even he couldn't rationalize what happened. Even weirder, his name is Aaron. So, what happened here? Any thoughts? So that was, once again, a collection of subscriber-submitted stories. Stories sent my way by you beautiful people out there that wanted me to read them. I hope you all enjoyed, and I hope everyone who sent in their story does not regret doing so at this point in time. I doubt you do, but you never know, right? I do have a few more on the back burner that I'm going to use for other videos. Probably not another true subscriber submitted story video, but one that's, uh, or a couple stories that are 
themed to other videos that I do, so I will be using those in the near future. Thank you again to everyone who sent me in a story, and thank you to anyone who does send me in a story. Thank you to everyone who listens, and thank you to everyone who doesn't listen. I hope you all have a beautiful day, and I hope I will see you on the next one. Here's to 200. Here's to... I don't know, let's say 200 more for the moment. Once we hit 400, I'll probably say 400 more. We'll, we'll just keep going. Ah, who's counting at this point? Sleep well, friends.